to the Pit Stop Podcast, presented by Hattrick Sports and the Ordinary Podcasting Network. This is a new podcast we're launching to talk about everything F1 racing. We'll have new episodes every race week, looking back at any news from the track and previewing the upcoming race weekend. We'll talk about everything from Cyril's new tattoo to how confusing the FIA rules are and how terrifying Lawrence Stroll really is. My name is Braden Dollar Coltman. I'm joined by my brother, Jordan Dollar Coltman. We hope the show will be entertaining and most of all, fun with a capital F1. So here we go. Let's go. Come on. Braden, that intro was really good. Thanks. It only took me 25,000 times to record it. That's okay. Sometimes uh, it takes a little bit of time to get perfection. Um, how you doing? Are you excited for racing? Oh, yeah. I'm ready to go. Can you too. tell? Vroom! Yeah, yeah, you're definitely revved up and ready to go. Um, so, yeah, this is so exciting. We got this new podcast. It's going to be on the Hattrick feed. So if you're already a subscriber to, the, to Hattrick Sports, the podcast, all you have to do is wait. And every race week, this will just show up wherever you get your podcasts. If you're not, subscribe. But I'm not sure how you would be here if you don't already. Anyway, this is really cool. I was excited when we said we were going to do this, Braden, because I just want to talk about racing with you. Um, you've been a fan for... I guess less than a, a year. Less yeah, than like, a second like in racing such time. a yeah. short time. And yet I feel like I'm an expert. <laughs> well, I will leave it to our, our listeners to judge that. Um, but th- basically both of us will admit we are not the biggest gearheads in the world. We are not, you know, some kind of auto sports aficionados or fanatics. We're just fans of F1. We enjoy the sport. We like the characters, the drivers, the team principals, whatnot. Um, Braden doesn't want to admit it, but he also just thinks the cars look really pretty. And oh, yeah. uh, let's just start right here, Braden. What are your biggest, like, what are you most excited about uh, the fact that racing's back this weekend? You know, one of the, the big things that I was left with watching Drive to Survive, the Netflix show, which is like the best way to learn this sport. Uh, it's almost a little bit more exciting to watch the races in that format than it is to watch the 72 laps. But um uh, I think I'm I'm most excited to just see the, um, you, you know, what upgrades to these cars they've done. <clears throat> it's part of the big thing that I, you know, I'm, I I don't understand fully in the sport is, you know, you can you can constantly be upgrading your car, and yet there are things that are allowed, and then there are very very gray areas of what mm-hmm. is legal, as they call it, to what is, you know, if if the the sport is constantly just upgrading your car, then I don't understand what necessarily is allowed and not allowed from from here to from this car to that car right you know like at the very beginning of that uh uh, netflix series the the racing point car there was so much contention that it looked like the mercedes car what the what the hell's wrong with that mercedes you know like mercedes mercedes did everything they did to build that car and and doesn't it make sense if they're winning that all of the other cars in the field would want and try to compete with that? Yeah, I think by building I, cars much like Mercedes. I think where the controversy comes from is one of the things that makes F1 really exciting, right? Which is the idea that, you know, unlike NASCAR stock car racing, where everybody's car starts in the same place and you modify it, these cars are built from scratch by their constructors. That's part of the history of the sport. Now, obviously, they're not built from scratch every year. They're built from the previous year's model and they develop 
you know, throughout the season, uh, making minor adjustments to each piece of engineered equipment. And obviously not every team also builds every piece in house that that's sort of where the sport originated. But now, nowadays, teams are buying parts from other manufacturers. We, we obviously know about how there's only a few power units being used. Most of the cars in the field have a Ferrari or a Mercedes engine in them now. Um, so there, there's a lot, it, it's become a lot more complicated than it sort of originally it originally probably was designed to be. And that's probably where some of that confusion comes from. In the case of the Racing Point, which definitely was a big storyline last year um, and may still be this year, depending on how the cars perform, um, they bought parts or they bought plans and designs uh, from Mercedes. And there was some contention about the legality of um, how some of those deals were made. Um, there's an advantage to Racing Point to have parts designed by the best team in the field um so obviously you could see how some teams would get a little bit sour grapes about that but the second piece of it i think that people were upset about was the idea that um between the time their car was unveiled to testing there seemed to be a dramatic shift in its design and there was just some red flags about how how that had happened so quickly and more specifically um not only how, but sort of who had been involved in that. There's an advantage, or there's there, there's a, there's a I guess there's like a reason why Mercedes might might want Racing Point to do better. And it's because their engines in the car, and it would it looks better for the Mercedes brand if every car that has a Mercedes engine in it is doing better. They obviously don't. They're not going to try to give their competitor an advantage to beat them. But I think Mercedes is pretty confident that. Uh, that they're going to still be ahead of racing point or were last year. Anyway, I think that's part of what that controversy is. And that's certainly part of part of what's exciting about F1 is you've got these constructors building their cars. There's the long winded explanation. Who do you think is going to be the biggest um, surprise this year? Who's going to take over? I shouldn't say take over because Hamilton's Hamilton still got pole position, right? Oh, for sure. I think Hamilton is the, by far and away, the front runner. He's probably going to win. Um, uh, and he will, by doing so, you know, pass Michael Schumacher and become the best driver of all time. I don't, I don't think that we've seen enough um, from any of the other teams to really see that team beating him enough throughout the year to prevent him from getting there. The question mark is, is Red Bull? I think is the only team that's going to push the Mercedes uh, if they perform the way they did in testing. They looked really good in testing. Um, they were the best yeah, they team. Made a they huge put in upgrade last year. Yeah, and they slowly got better throughout last year, but they, you know, compared to where their car had been even two years ago, uh, the last two years they have struggled, and so I think they really went back to fundamentals and said, okay, what what do we need to do to make this car better and quicker? And that's definitely what we've seen so far. But you know, that's the exciting thing too about this this the sport is that each team, uh, each week gains more and more information about the machine that they're operating and each week they get a little bit better they make little adjustments the drivers get more comfortable with the with the car underneath them and we can really see uh the cream rise in some cases you know uh, a team uh, may also just fall off uh, and not be able to, to to push it all year long um let me jump in then. Here's a question for you. When you look at the new drivers lineup, because there's obviously some big shuffling and, and maybe we want to talk a little bit about some of those. Who are the guys that you're most excited to see in their in their new cars, whether it's a drivers that have changed teams or even some of the rookies? I think I think only because of how devastating of a season 
he had last year. Uh, Sebastian Vettel is primed and ready to go for a new season and a much better, I wouldn't say necessarily it's a better car, but it's a much more organized team um, <clears throat> in a, in a, in a new direction with Aston Martin. I, I'm really excited to watch Sebastian Troll. He was in a, a just a bad situation last year with Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that team obviously is one of the teams, sort of like what we were just talking about. They they just sort of couldn't get it together, couldn't get the car to improve. That, that car has been slowly getting less and less competitive for the last two years. I remember when Charles Leclerc first got that seat, I think in 2019, you know, they were winning races right away in his rookie year. He was competing every, every single weekend. And it's just, it looks like they were just hauling that machine around. Um, I know they turned their power unit down a little bit. They were intentionally not as competitive because they were trying to work on some other things. But uh, yeah, I think this is a, this is a, big opportunity for Vettel to sort of get out of a toxic situation. And, you know, you mentioned Netflix. We saw that, right? Like Vettel was not happy there. Once it was clear that he wasn't going to get that seat and he wanted out, um, I think the four-time champ wanted a new opportunity. And and yeah, I think, you know, he joins a, a, a new team, but also a team that's kind of getting a, re, a rebranding and, and, and that's going to be a good opportunity for him to really push that um that car forward because you know that's the aforementioned racing point pink mercedes we were talking about now they're aston martin and green um and that was a quick car last year so maybe with the four-time champ in it they'll be even more competitive that'd be exciting i'm really excited about pierre gasly and i'm really excited about this new guy uh sonoda uh, i think that gasly was um excommunicated from red bull uh just a little bit too early uh you know in in truth you know, he wasn't performing, but the pressure of being in the two seat on the, this, you know, second best car on the field, maybe got to him. I don't know what it was, but I'm excited for him. He had a great um, uh, Cinderella story there at Monza last year. Um, and Sunoda looks like he might have a really exciting rookie year. Yeah, he's a great, he's, he's, he's a great driver. You know, he competed in F1 or pardon me, in F3 a couple years ago. And he's just one of those, the, I think Toyota series last year. He's one of those drivers that like, he, he's not flashy. He's not exciting in, in the way like a Daniel Ricardo is when he comes up to the, the, the press conference or when he's walking into the paddock, he's sort of unassuming. He's a smaller guy. Um, he's got a bit of that sort of sort of cliched Japanese athlete persona of because English I think is a second language. He's a bit quieter. He's a little more reserved, but you just can tell that when that guy sits down in, in a car, like he is lethal. He just knows how to turn that machine into a missile. And it's so exciting when you watch some of the highlights as I did of the testing. I mean, he had some of the best lap times. He was pushing that Alpha Tori to the max. Um, and that's a team that's like kind of under the radar, right? They're not the big Red Bull team that the, you know, they're the little brother. And I think it's going to be exciting to see if they can get some results like they did last year. You know, they're, they're one of those teams that sort of sits in the middle of the pack every every weekend they're sort of in the hunt, but never quite at, at the forefront until disaster strikes ahead of them. And if there's a couple crashes or a couple yellow flags, uh, they somehow always find a way to stay in a position to gain points. And that's exciting. Uh, another guy that I'm another, almost just the team in general, I'm really excited to see this season is McLaren. Obviously they finished third in the constructors last year, kind of coming up from behind right at the end to sneak into that third spot, stealing it from uh, racing point when racing point sort of fell apart in Abu Dhabi. And it's just exciting to see McLaren back 
competing, right? Because they're another one of those famous teams that's had some great success. You know, Lewis Hamilton drove for them. They've had some huge years in the past, but they've just sort of been one of those teams that couldn't quite figure it out. They're kind of like on the upswing of where I think Ferrari is right now. They've already gone through the valley. Now they're they're finding their way again. And what's really exciting about them is that they've got two really good drivers and two really like big personality drivers. Um, yeah, in Lando, that's right. Lando Ricardo, Norris that's, and Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I think Daniel Ricciardo is hungry to prove as he gets later in his career that he still is fast and more importantly that he can still win this is a guy who has been on the top of the podium before you know that is experience that's going to help lando norris who's going to continue to develop as a great um sort of younger driver and we, we have a lot of young drivers in the field but not all of them are on teams with that kind of like veteran driver in the other machine and they're going to be able to get that information from both of those two drivers get that into the engineering departments get that car into peak shape as they did last year that car just got faster and faster and i'm really excited to see what they do they also have a new power unit right the mercedes engine is now in the mclaren so um they could be even quicker than last year. And I think it's really exciting because when you start getting those mid-level teams consistently competing for, for third and fourth, you never know. Uh, one of the top two teams could fall off or have a problem midway through the year. Something just doesn't work in their car. And one of these teams could sneak up there. And that's what's exciting when we get into that place. So McLaren is definitely another, uh, and you know, orange is my favorite color. Oh, there we go. What is, so what are the new teams? We've got Alpine Racing, which was uh, formerly Renault. And yep. this is so probably Alpine. their attempt at saying uh, we lost Danny Ricardo, we lost points near the end of the season. We need something to do. You know, the, the the Alpine brand is the sports car brand of Renault. It's sort of part of the whole Renault thing. I think they did want to just sort of a little shake up, new design. It looks really good, but it's just it's just sort of one of those corporate decisions I think that was made somewhere. But yeah, so there'll be Alpine. Uh, and what's exciting on their half, another new driver, as you mentioned, Ricardo leaving, but they get one of the most decorated and best drivers to ever race F1 back, Fernando Alonso, who's 39 years old. He's the oldest guy in the field. Um, but, you know, the guy the guy has 32 wins at F1. He's got 97 podiums, almost 2,000 career points, 22 poles, and two championships. I mean, the guy is an absolute he beast. He knows how to race. He's raced in, like, every different type of, of uh, car imaginable. He's dr driven IndyCar. He's done the 24 hours at Le Mans. Um, he's which he won twice in 18 and 19. The guy doesn't matter how long the race is, doesn't matter what the car underneath him is. He's just like a pure blooded race car driver. And I think it's exciting to have him back in the sport. Uh, he's the, you know, he, he's the, uh, the, the grandpa out there, but the guy can still drive. And I think that's exciting because he'll be able to push Ocon who's, uh, uh, returning, um, having raced for Renault last year. So yeah, I, again, that's another exciting storyline for sure um jumping off that i think there's a team that you know you're excited about uh, because you you know you talked about them a little bit earlier i know you're a little terrified of their owner but we mentioned um we, we mentioned vettel leaving uh, uh ferrari and he's going to aston martin and you're going who's aston martin because when did aston martin join the f1 but they, of course that's the rebranding of racing point yeah, that should be exciting. They, they, I mean, yeah, Lawrence Stroll looks like a James Bond villain. Let's talk Red Bull for a sec. They got Sergio Perez, who 
joining um, Red Bull, he, yeah. he's primed to have a really good season with that team and that team it took a it, it sounded like they took a huge step from what uh what they were racing with the year prior yeah red bull is going red bull was the fastest car testing um there's you know mercedes says and the question mark is always when you're the best team seven years in a row how much sort of war games do you play but they came out total wolf came out was very clear you know red bull is the team to beat red bull is the best team and it's like all right cool down a little bit you're the seven-time champion we know you're still gonna have a really quick car but it is something to notice that red bull's times do suggest they had the best car out there and with those two drivers i mean max verstappen is without question behind Lewis Hamilton, the most talented driver in the field, right? He just needs the right machine underneath him to be able to actually get to the level that Lewis is at right now. I, I think that when it comes to just raw talent, Max Verstappen is destined to be a champion. It just is going to be about whether or not the cards fall in the right, the right way. Can they put him in a fast enough competitive car the right year? Can he win the races? He he's in position to win. You know, he had a great year last year, but he did have, you know, three or four races where it just sort of fell apart and they ended up in 15th. And that's all because, you know, either the car didn't perform or, you know, mitigating circumstances, but you have to be good. Number one, you have to be quick. Number two, and then you have to be lucky. And the truth is that if you do the first two, you're going to get yourself out of a lot of bad situations. Remember Lewis Hamilton last year, missed a race due to COVID, right? But in the races he competed in, he was uh, competitive every single time. And if he wasn't, it was usually because they had committed some kind of uh, rules violation, yeah. right? <laughs> it, it, it wasn't because the car didn't perform very well. And even in night, I mean, do you remember the, do you remember the, the British Grand Prix where both Ferraris limped to the finish line with the, with the, with the tires blowing right near the end. Well, like this, this is what I wanted to still say, had a car to get there. How did that not make, was that just dramatic enough that they didn't need to put that in the next flicks? Uh, I <laughs> well, was like, the thing. there's a lot of storylines. They just, good one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just didn't there. There's so much from last year. And of course it was a condensed year too, right? We're getting back to a full race schedule this year too, which will, you know, definitely be exciting too. Only 17 races last year. So, so our first race is this uh, Sunday. Where, where are we? We're in Bahrain. Is that right? We are in Bahrain. Yep. We're in Bahrain this weekend. That's the first, the first race of the year. And obviously last year, Bahrain was site to the big, the huge, big fireball crash, uh, Roman Grosjean going into the wall. So they raced back to back weeks there last year, near the end of the year. Um, and so they're back there again. They're on the inside track this year, uh, quite literally. I do think what's interesting, there's, there's sort of an interesting storyline as we set up the weekend, which is the fact that just today, I believe just hours ago, this being Thursday, um, Lewis Hamilton made some very, um, powerful and, you know, depending on your perspective, controversial comments about the human rights violations of Bahrain's government. And he basically put F1 on notice, claiming that, you know, he, he, he stated his belief that Formula One can no longer ignore the human rights issues in the country um, that they've been to, uh, not just Bahrain, but he meant other countries in general, you know, recognizing that there are some countries here who have some interesting and some shoddy history when it comes to racial violence or discrimination against women, discrimination against uh, minority groups. Um, and obviously with the big, one of the bigger storylines last year of the season being Black Lives Matter and the movement of social justice becoming part of the, the conversation because of when F1 started up last year following 
the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. You know, we saw Lewis Hamilton on a podium last year with a, an arrest the cops that shot Breonna Taylor shirt on. Uh, he's been kneeling before races. Um, there's definitely been some big, um, more important conversations than just racing happening. So it's just interesting. That will be definitely a storyline leading into this weekend is the fact that Lewis Hamilton has made these very um bold uh statements um calling out the fia and calling out f1 for not being more responsible about that so that's interesting but yeah bahrain is the race um it's a 57 lap race um and it should be really fun what are your three bold predictions for this uh sunday <laughs> this feels like hat trick now um for this Keep weekend your hats yeah that's right for this weekend i think um well, I wouldn't, I honestly, I would not be surprised here. I'll make it a prediction. I predict that Red Bull will win this race. I think Max Verstappen will win the race. Um, I think that Red Bull's ready first. I think their car is in the best place. So I think my first prediction would be that I think Max Verstappen will be at the top step of the podium and it will definitely lead to a lot of stories from the F1 press about how maybe Red Bull's ready to turn the corner and, and, and all that. And I think it's too early to make that kind of prediction, but I do think um, that they're going to have a great first weekend. So that's my first prediction. What about you? Um, my first prediction is that um, um, I think that I want to say Alpine is going to be unhappy with both of their driver's performances on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to finish in a position that they feel comfortable um, with with how they performed. That's what I that's very vague, but 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 I don't think that Alpine's gonna have a very good race. Fair enough. Mainly the drivers. Yeah. I think um, uh, so here's another one of my predictions. I I think that uh, one but not both of the Mercedes will finish on the podium, and I think that the third place will be a team we don't expect to be there. Um, I know I'm not sure I'm ready to make the prediction of who it is, but it could be, you know, it could be McLaren could be, you know, Alpha um, Romeo. <laughs> Kimi yeah. Ryan just like push. We would forward. need, we would need a race with disastrous, uh, right, right. uh, DQs in it for, for that to work. But, um, but yeah, I think it's possible that, I mean, we're going to know a lot real quick. We're going to see how the teams qualify. The teams are, you know, early. Um, but I think I think that maybe like a Daniel Ricciardo or even a Lando Norris with the McLaren under them might surprise some people and I, they could find themselves on the podium. That would be my second one for the weekend. Yeah. Um, my, my second prediction is that... Um, uh, both of the Ferraris will not finish the race. <laughs> I don't think that enough has changed within that organization or um, paddock there to have figured out what's really wrong with the Ferrari team. All right. Uh, my third one is this. I am going to love watching F1 again. And I am going to be up at the crack of dawn on Sunday morning to watch this race live. Uh, and I'm going to be, I'm just going to love every second of it. I, I, that's almost a guaranteed prediction, but I can predict that I will feel by noon on Sunday, like the world has come back. 
to the place where it was last year in in the best way when it comes to F1 and how much I enjoyed it. That's a good prediction. My third prediction is going to be that I'm going to love the new liveries on all these cars, especially the Aston Martin and how shiny it's going to be in Bahrain. But the minute I see Lawrence Stroll next to it, I'm going to get the willies and I'm going to get scared. Um, <laughs> he just he just scares the bejesus out of me. Hey, this was a lot of fun. I think this is a pretty good first episode. I would too. This was a lot of fun. Here's 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 where we stand. So we're going to do this every race week. Braden set it off the top. What's so exciting about this is it's just going to be the two of us shooting the the breeze, talking about racing, talking about F1, storylines that have come up. We may have some surprise guests. You never know. Some other race fans might join us along the along the way. You know, we we have a, an exciting F1 season with lots of storylines. Um, more races than last year because we're back to back to a regular 23 race schedule. That'll be awesome. Um, we're going to see some courses we didn't get to see last year because of that. They're coming back to Canada. Um, they're coming back to the, to, to the United States in Austin, and obviously they'll get back to Australia. It'll be fun to see some, some new courses and lots of new faces, lots of new storylines. Um, this is the Pit Stop podcast again presented by Hattrick Sports, part of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. You can find us on the Hattrick feed. And, uh, and we'll be back in a, in a couple weeks' time with the next race. Race this weekend in Bahrain. We hope you enjoy it, and we'll talk to you soon. Pit Stop. The Pit Stop Podcast is presented by Hattrick Sports and is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. The show is produced by Jordan and Braden Dollar coltman each week but mainly Jordan. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening.